0: I'm happiest in the saddle, (laughs) a fellow sportsman. I am an FBI agent. Stop. What do you say we cut the chit chat, a-hole? Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Come with me if you want to live. Hello and welcome to Retro Ramble. I'm Charlie McGee. I'm George McGee. And this time we are travelling back once again to 1992 to jump into the JCVD Dolph Lundgren uh, action classic <laughs> or uh, whatever you want to call action it. classic it's not sure what it wants to be anyway it's universal soldier uh you voted uh, kinda we listened kinda anyway we're doing that it was going to be time cop but trust me I think we made the right choice.
1: You've revisited Time Cop recently. I haven't. But yes, we we gave our listeners the choice of two JCVD. We just couldn't decide which. Which JCVD sci-fi actioner was for us. And so we put it to you guys. And yes, the, the, the vote was, I would say, overwhelmingly so Universal Soldier
0: well I mean but to be fair come on we both know it's like which one do you want us to do first because we're definitely going to go back and do time cop especially after I've just watched it it's got to well, be done at some well point. exactly I mean we had a few people
1: that you know I admire your, your moxie that suggested why not do both you know obviously we've done a few
0: Ooh, we couldn't we couldn't split I mean he can do the splits but we couldn't do the splits with
1: JCVD like that well we kind of have done but we got greedy last time <laughs> obviously we did blood sport and hard target but uh
0: yeah but it wasn't the same we felt like we 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 shortchanged
1: both films, didn't we? Yes, yeah, so that's true. That's true. So yeah, we want to give uh, each film its uh, its attention. So yeah, we we'll, we may pick up with Time Cop, or as JCVD calls it, Ten
0: Kip. It's a cup. Ten Ten Kip. Well, I, I'm not sure. Um, we this is obviously where we're going to be going with this film. I'm not sure there's going to be a lot of production. Are we going? Who's going? Who's who's driving? Who's trying to I just mean I'm not sure George is going to be waxing lyrical about uh, a long arduous process. I think it was like, let's do another JCVD movie, and you know what? We've got money, so let's get Dolph Lundgren. I don't know. George <laughs> is going to talk about that. We'll have some coulda woulda shouldas. I'm sure there'll be some. I'm not sure. The, the, this. I don't think we have time to cover all of the spinoffs. Um, oh but, my god! Uh, I haven't even we'll made have notes on that.
1: I haven't got enough time to, to,
0: to type up all those notes. I think, I think in short story there are as many Universal Soldier films as there are Star Wars films, but anyway, not, not just not slightly as successful. Um, so for everyone who knows what to expect in this show, sit back, get ready, it's Universal Soldier. Um, for everybody else, here's George with a quick word on some general housekeeping of what to expect.
1: Thank you, Charlie. So Retro Ramble is a film podcast. Charlie and I, our brothers, we grew up together. We grew up with a love of films. It's an affectionate look back at the films that we grew up with. So we're revisiting these films. We're looking at uh, how they were made, what made them so good, or do they still hold up to the, the test of time? But uh, yeah, so I say it's a light-hearted look. It's not going to be an in-depth critical appraisal. This is the wrong place for that. It's it's more like two, two guys revisiting an old friend. Just in terms of some warnings there may be some uh, swearing so be careful if you've got uh, children around or small people there will be potentially some bad impressions and we are going into these uh, films into you know, heavy details. So there will be spoilers from the very top.
0: We should probably put a disclaimer saying how much we love JCVD. He shaped our a lot of our young uh, film choices and gave us a lot. But, but we, we, I think even he laughs now. And this, this is with love. There's everything that we say about him, uh, you know, we follow the guy. He's um, he's a legend. He is. I mean, I and think he it's knows fair his to say.
1: That he touched Charlie and I repeatedly as as a child, but through the medium <laughs> of film. Yeah, we're big fans of JCVD, so you know, every, anything that we do say is uh, with with affection. So all your hardcore JCVD fans, you know, just just take it easy, take it
0: easy. Yeah, calm down. There was some some people weren't happy that we thought that um, Bloodsport was funny in places. We thought we weren't taking it seriously enough, but we were. Uh... Bloodsport uh, anyway, is a documentary, um, and then right? just Frank Dukes would like you to believe that Mm -hmm. so um, and then just finally COVID warning George and I are still remote Uh, we are recording this uh, over the interwebs there will be some lag there will be some audio problems we will try and clean these up and edit them as best as we can but just bear with us and try and just bask in the amazing enjoyment of you know the, the banter that we were able to create. In these confined spaces. So hope you and yours are all well. Hopefully it's not much longer. Uh, Santa definitely doesn't have COVID, but we're worried it's just mutated to reindeers. We're going to see. We're going to see. But between now and, and then, and if so, he's going to give it to every house, every household, every
1: every household. <laughs> Hit the trailer. He's
0: good. Right. Okay. So between now and then, here it is another retro ramble episode. We're travelling back to 1992. It's Universal Soldier. Release the Unisols. Uni Okay, enjoy the show. It was a top secret government project. Pacman Ice, all of them. Designed to create the perfect soldier. No man would ever again have to die in the service of his country. Cryogenically preserved. Okay, guys. Memory clearance. Genetically enhanced. How's pictured. Pretty ugly. Very funny, very funny. Programmed to obey. They're at the tower. Okay, okay, here we go. Who are these guys? 30 hostages held inside the power station at the base of the structure. I said shut up! Now we're inside. Begin phase two. This marks the third successful mission for the Universal Soldier. But there was something they didn't count on. He's not responding. GR44, do you read me? At the end of the mission, he became completely unresponsive. Inside the machine is a man. <laughs> do you really think the Pentagon would allow the regeneration of dead soldiers? Stop the girl. Shoot if you have to. And all it takes Veronica Roberts, TNA, is one memory. To awaken him. Let's go, hit it! Traitor. Universal soldier. What the hell did they do to you? Don't know. (laughs) But I'm going to find out. One can't be controlled. Buckle up. The other cannot be stopped. This mission has been canceled. I'm giving the orders from now on. I'm going to teach them all. Are we having fun yet? The ultimate weapons of the future have declared war on each other. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Dolph Lundgren. Universal Soldier. Stop. That is an order.
1: I haven't checked it, but I believe, according to IMDb Trivia, that the Unisol trailer uses the Terminator 2 music.
0: I can find that very, very easy to believe. There's a lot of Terminator... Can you do the robot? Nobody does the robot like JCVD. Um, There's a lot of very good robot stuff going on. There's a lot of Terminator, what you'd call rip-offs, but... Um, Let's not get ahead I mean, of ourselves, that, Charlie. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I was going to say, ourselves. doesn't that, doesn't that? I think George. I think that I'm just segueing George right into our. Production chat from the off. So, George, how did we get this film? Who is responsible for giving us this classic film that we all adored as as children? Um, so, this is
1: um, a uh, Carolco production. So, Carolco, we've talked about them before. They're one of those studios or production companies that um, I've made some of our most beloved films, uh, especially in the retro ra- ramble canon. So. They produced uh, Rambo. They produced Terminator. They did Total Recall, Robocop. So, uh, you know, they have quite an extensive body of work of, of 80s classics, action classics. Karolko was headed up by two guys, uh, Andy v- Wagner and Mario Kassar. So you, you, the name Mario Kassar is quite, you know, you, you'll remember seeing it in the Terminator 2 font and all that. And I think, I'm fairly sure... This is the last Co production before they went tits up. Basically, they were, even though... Uh, this this was, is what they spent all the money on.
0: <laughs> well, but pretty
1: much. I mean, uh, no, this was their last roll of the dice, essentially. So even though the, this came out in 1992, Terminator 2 came out in 1991, even though Terminator 2 was a huge hit, they were still massively in debt. And I think this was in production whilst Terminator 2 was was going on. And it was like, okay, this is the last roll of the dice, guys. And from the sounds of it, from the very off, it was always... Mario!
0: Mario! Mario!
1: (laughs) I'm sorry I'm on a yacht surrounded by beautiful women. What is it? Um, And I think the the, the, other kind of guys, they did have the big sort of yacht parties at Cannes and stuff like that. But yeah, it was. This was always a, a J.C.V.D. and a Dolph Lundgren starring pick. This was This was always a project. So, I'm kind of getting a little. The just a sort of advance warning. Coulda woulda shoulda is going to be quite disappointing um, because they were pretty much, you know, it was a project <laughs> for them. However, there are some interesting stories about how it came to be. So, there was. A lot of script revisions uh, before Roland Emmerich came on board. And it was actually originally with director Andrew Davis, who we have chatted about earlier this year, because he did Under Siege with Seagal. <laughs> and he also did, uh, most, most famously, would then go on to do The Fugitive with Harrison Ford. So he was actually quite heavily in pre-production on this. And uh, originally it was called The Working Title crystal nights which um much better
0: better. what's going on sounds like a
1: club night um
0: (laughs) crystal crystal meth
1: night (laughs) crystal meth nights you you read between the lines you do the lines (laughs) um so anyway um so yeah apparently they got into loads of pre-production development and Uh, Even like doing... So at the time, I think Andrew Davis's intentions and the script, it was going to be the characters were more bionic men, apparently. And there's even some... There's some stuff that they've... I've I've managed to unearth online. There's literally one uh, photo from the uh, special effects company showing a body uh, double, a, a, like a p- complete sort of animatronic replica of Dolph Lundgren. And then a, sh- a shot showing like mechanics and like a bit Frankenstein, there's light shining through underneath. So it was very terminatory in, in all, all uh, by the sounds of it. So this is, uh, I've, I've got a lot of info that, from this pre-production chat from Dolph-ultimate.com fan site. So thank you very much to the guys out there. <laughs> They've gleaned some great quotes. So apparently, yeah, originally the characters were like bionic men. We built an articulated dummy for Dolph for close-ups so you'd see the biomechanics working under the skin. We would have been developing a lot of new I things. Do puppets are one of the hardest things to do convincingly um so i think because of this uh, have they Mari-
0: considered have they had, had they had they actually considered putting a monkey in a suit
1: well i mean that's my go-to if you you know start on page one okay guys can who's got the, the monkey <laughs> handler's number can we dress up a monkey like jcvd we might need a gorilla for dolph lundgren um Yeah, it seemed that Mario Kassar had concerns about the budget uh, uh, as well as these extensive uh, lifelike animatronics and And puppets of of Dolph Lundgren. Sadly, there's no photos of a puppet (laughs) JCVD online. But I think, yeah, Mario Kassar was getting concerned, But there was also uh, CGI involved as well. So Mario Kassar politely asked Andrew Davis to to leave. And um, then Roland Emmerich and his writing partner, Dean Devlin, were brought on board. So they are probably familiar names to our listeners because they have gone on to make some of the biggest blockbusters before the whole blockbuster thing kind of dissolved and the whole Marvel model took over. But yeah, Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin would go on to do the the following films after Universal Soldier were Stargate and a small film after that called Independence Day. And I think for me that's their high point because after that we get the Godzilla, 1998 Godzilla, um, oh God. and yeah. lots of other CGI disaster films. So 2012, Day After Tomorrow. So
0: much, so much cheaper though. We don't have to build models or animatronic uh, bionic uh, Dolph Lundgrens. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do that.
1: Let's do all CGI. So yeah, this is their their first big um, studio picture, American studio picture, because I think Roland Emmerich, I'm just taking a point here, I think he is German. Dean Devlin, I think, is American. And they, I think they have parted ways in the past sort of 10, 15 years. Uh, but Roland Emmerich still making the big flashy... Silly blockbusters, and I think Dean Devlin's doing sort of more smaller TV type projects. And I think he's producing podcasts as well. Who would? Why would anyone want to do that? Nobody um, yeah, listens to podcasts. The way the contract was set with Andrew Davis, that once he was fired, everyone could walk away. But Van damme and uh Dolph Lundgren were so keen to have this big hit because if you think about where they both were in their careers around this time they'd kind of both were kind of on like out starting blocks of late eighties, you know, with Dolph Lundgren was, you know, with Rocky and He-Man, yeah. sorry, masters of the universe. Van Damme was kind of yeah, mid to late eighties, but I think they were looking for that and they were both, Kind of from B-movie type, you know, obviously Masters in yeah. the Universe, which we keep promising we'll cover at some point, was a, a very expensive B-movie. It needs B-movie. A proper treatment. But yeah, I think they were both after that big Hollywood ticket. They wanted that David Schwimmer money. So they were both keen to, to work on that, to keep this, you know, the project alive. So that's when uh, Emmerich and Dean Devlin uh, came on board. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, the only, the only other thing I've got in my production notes is that when Dean Devlin came on board, he rewrote the scripts and they changed. Um, apparently, due to the in the DVD commentary, the Hoover Dam hostage sequence was originally a, an air, like a hostage situation on an airplane, which obviously we've seen lots of times and is probably quite expensive. <laughs>
0: No, thanks for that, George. And uh, I do remember this being a big hit at the time. I'm not sure if I saw this at the cinema. I wouldn't have been old enough to see this at the cinema. This was an 18, wasn't it? Yes. So my (laughs) my
1: first memories of this, and it's really bizarre when I was looking through um, the artwork to, to you know when we were talking uh, about doing it and putting it on the blog and and facebook and stuff i came across one of the original posters for it. and i totally had a flashback that i had that poster on my wall where it's, it's a picture i remember of, that w- w- they've got the massive guns they stood side by side flames behind them that's it you know gunishment. and aren't
0: they wear aren't they wearing suits that they don't wear in the film well?
1: no no they're aren't in they're used? in their tactical gear Um, That was
0: was another. That was another poster. Yeah, I think there was
1: the the the, the latest DVD cover. They're wearing black suits that they don't. I think yeah. Some they've sent some sort of young junior graphic designer make it look cooler make it look modern but yeah my first yeah. memories of this uh i remember watching this on video um when i was down in london with mum and dad and we were staying with you know the, our family friends that we always used to the hubers and mum and dad went out for for dinner or something and i was left with their, their poor su- suffering uh daughter i think it was uh, belinda it was just like oh entertain george for evening let him you know get out of movie or something and she was like what what do you want to get out kid you know she was a bit older anything you want Universal um and so i loved it and and she (laughs) she was completely not interested at all but i think i must have been it's garbage (laughs) oh exactly yeah uh, i think i must have (laughs) been 10 11 at the time so yeah for me it was the best movie ever
0: then i think that's I think it's it's a similar story for for me. I think uh, I remember watching this with uh, David Macklem and we just fell in love with uh Dolph Lunger's performance and this just how he was just so off the hook. Um I think yeah, I think everyone's got a similar story to this, it's just like so many fond memories and watching it. I uh, what I can because obviously we do research these and we do check out the reviews uh, to see what we are we're, we're interested to see what if every how many people agree with us. We've had people come back to us. On the blog and we will get to those shout outs later on but it's interesting how many people have a similar story oh yeah my friend had a pirate copy or i borrowed this from my brother i wasn't supposed to watch this and that was that was our lives back then so many eight and nine year olds watching films like this they weren't watching marvel they weren't watching frozen they were watching Gurnishment gory and people's heads being impaled on injections and stuff like that it was um yeah it was everyone's got a story like that especially about this film And we've already seen that feedback and it's it's I think it says a lot of where we were. Ninety-two. Where we, is this kind of Gulf War time? I'm just thinking. It was this the kind of military-esque? Probably got funding from military. Well, well,
1: that's that's the thing that I noticed this time round. It's very. It is you know we, it's a word that we use a, a brass eye lingo of gunishment. It's very much gun military porn in terms of all the weapons, all the outfits. And I think there's you know in the same way that. Bond films are, a lot of Bond films are produced by the, you know, um, product placement. I think there's a lot of military product, product, or, you know, gun manufacturers. Do you want this new Desert Eagle with the
0: laser sight? It'll look really cool and futuristic. It's like, is it him? He's using a desert eagle. Yeah, it's clearly him. And it's like, how can they scan for guns? The guns have got trackers on them. Anyway, we'll get to that. Everything's um, got trackers yeah, there, Charlie. Everything's yeah, got a temperature so let's, as well. Let's, let's go back to the beginning. I'm, I'm not talking about the dam. I'm talking about how the... I think what a lot of people agree with us is probably one of the strongest bits of the film. This film is bookended with some great set pieces, and it's in Vietnam. This Now, I don't remember this being as long... And as detailed um, as as it is, I just remember it being a very short. But that's just obviously my memory squashing it together. But there's a lot going on here. You know, the the, the characters are very well introduced, even though it's going to be kind of repeated throughout the film and referred to in flashbacks and recall. But the, the this is it's set up pretty well.
1: I agree with you somewhat on that. I, you know, I think the whole the whole concept of you know the the Vietnam soldiers. And that them having a backstory is, is interesting. I mean, I'm very interested in how a Belgian and a Swede are in the U.S. Army in Vietnam. But we'll, we'll gloss over that. Shut up. Uh, a bit of trivia. I think that was filmed, the whole Vietnam set piece was filmed on a golf course in Arizona. So obviously the whole film was filmed around Arizona. But yes, with some strategically placed like palm trees and jungle well, you no, know, ferns I'm... and stuff. Yeah no it's it's a great opening and it makes you almost kind of want to see more of though bizarrely i mean we i'm probably jumping into it a bit early but i'm watching this film through there's part of me that thinks that they could have teased the vietnam flashbacks and seeded them through through the film so you shouldn't have maybe they shouldn't have opened with that they should have opened with the hostage mission and who are these amazing soldiers and then things start fucking up and you're getting glimpses of that as they're realizing you know a bit like um born identity whereas you don't know what his situation is and then you start getting those flashbacks seeded through and towards the end it's more drawn out of oh shit they were soldiers together they have beef with each other and that's why they're drawn to each other
0: you're completely right to a much lesser extent almost like uh, Jacob's Ladder I you know, haven't like seen that movie
1: because you told me it was the scariest oh, well, movie you've I, ever seen so I didn't want to watch it
0: it's one of this no you've got to watch it you've got to watch it but it is <laughs> one of the it's one of the one of the but I was I was a young man when I watched that but no it's definitely that's um in terms of how you can arrange the story but I won't tell you any any more about that we're well, not going to cover it on the podcast but, but 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 maybe that's
1: it's yeah maybe it is just me going a bit too filmy will me film geeky on it but it is a strong opening establishing who the characters are their motivations and then you flip forward to does i I, i've forgotten because i was a bit drunk when i was watching it but is it present day or is it known as the future position it's present day It's, it's present day it's present day yeah well
0: it wasn't my, it was on the version I watched. I, I enjoy, but I, I'm waiting for what I think is the pinnacle of the film, which is, well, it's not the pinnacle, but it's a great opening, the The hostage situation. Which kid watching an action film doesn't want to see a hostage situation? And it is very slick and so much gadgets, so much technology, so much, um, I don't know, so much. I, well, I think because it does come up a lot on these podcasts uh, that, should we talk about the exposition? I think it's actually handled quite well. They're talking about the mission, but they keep referring to, who are these guys? Where did you get them? How did they swim that fast?
1: <laughs> yeah. No, there, there is some very much general exposition, but it's not coming from the general or the colonel. And I think he's, he's a great character actor. Edo Ross. Edo Ross. He's, he's, he's yeah. from like 48 Hours and stuff. Red um, Heat.
0: Always plays a bad guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's got amazing back catalogue. He's a great, great character actor. I love him.
1: But yes, there, there is some great exposition, and yeah, that whole thing of you know how do they swim a mile and a half in four minutes? It is yeah. a great set piece. And the thing that I remember uh, when I was a kid watching this, and I think it's a technique. I think the is either the Austrians or the Australians use, but the forward abseiling, so running straight down the dam, running
0: down the. Yeah, I just remember that
1: being so yeah, cool because nice. I'd never seen that before. I was just like, whoa, must be movie magic. Yeah,
0: Look, looks really cool. No, I, was, I think you have probably just stop. Stunt, stuntman, stunt, stunt running.
1: It's, it's a great opening. And then we are introduced to a plucky investigative reporter. I can just imagine Mario Kassar saying, get me a younger, hotter and cheaper Kathleen Turner.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I and mean, she's quite likable, though, still, no, I, now. I think she,
1: she's good. She's the, the comic relief, and obviously she's the... Our oh, eyes into this, She, you know, she's asking the questions the audience have. You know, why do you have a Belgian accent? But
0: she dates... She Sorry. she dates the film so much. It's it's all her. You know, the rest of it you could probably get away with. Are you talking about, about
1: her some... 1990s Coca-Cola advert hat that she wears? You know, a little pork pie hat.
0: There's that the sunglasses Sm- the fact smoking. that it's all about having a cigarette and a, a boss and the fact that but it's so funny about what did we do before this is what people did before the internet she's obsessed with the telephone i have to go make some calls i have to go and check this out there isn't a phone working everything's about gotta get to the phone but what she is is like god imagine she had a smartphone she's like no no, no it's right i've worked out where you are here are your parents is the google maps i've ordered you an uber end of the film <laughs> You just mentioned.
1: what's your name again luke Devro. yeah yeah i've just You died. You were in Vietnam. You're dead. (laughs) You're dead.
0: Parents live here. Here's an Uber. um, And see you later. Bye.
1: Yes. Internet ruins movies.
0: So, yeah, I think that, that we now get to... What I like about that opening is the fact that it harks back to a lot of hostage films. Everything's slick, nobody gets killed. And it sets Not up one a and, Not one casualty. Not one casualty. No, zero, zero casualties. And you get to see all the inner workings of the union. So that's very cool, and it's building up, and it's building up. And you can see that, why she's being introduced. And, and then we kind of get like a... a as you're saying, it would have been better if this was when we got the flashback. We get a yes. replay of what happened in Nam. Um, and what, all I want to say about this is Jonko van Dam floors Dolph Lundgren with one throwaway punch. <laughs> he just goes, and Dolph Lundgren is out for the camp, spins around on the floor. like yep. Later on, that, that's not going to make a lot of sense, but I know he takes muscle enhancers. But we do start to see, I think going back this time, and I'll refer to it a few times, I love seeing Dolph's character creeping in. trader. You know, just just when he just start, just the first time you see that, and you can just see what's going on. He's like really evil, and it's like, um, it's great. It shows he's quite versatile.
1: As, as you said earlier, I think this is probably one of Dolph Lundgren's best films, and I know he gets a lot of stick. Even I haven't though...
0: seen um, the fishy one. What's he called? Uh, Aquaman. Aquaman. I haven't seen him.
1: Oh, he's yeah, he's, he's, he's you know he's he's good that, but that he's like you know he's a it's a, a glorified cameo. Yeah. Hey. No, I think he's brilliant in this. And yeah, I think he does get a lot of stick, even though it, it, I think it turns out he's a
0: very, very intelligent man in real life. He's also the one out of all of the bad guys. He's the one who's closest to Norris and um, Seagal. And he actually has done martial arts his entire life. He's like very highly decorated in about five different martial arts and stuff. And he still does it now. You know, he's like very, yeah. very disciplined. And, and he
1: used to go out with Grace Jones. So, you know, he must be hard. <laughs> What what kind of? All right, okay, yeah, the man is the man is scared of nothing. He went out with Grace Jones. (laughs) I'm not crazy. (laughs) I wonder if he had to break up with her. Mm, Now that that'd be tough.
0: (laughs) You're not breaking up with me. (laughs) (laughs) You've turned into Miss Piggy, (laughs) (laughs) Grace.
1: A little bit, a little bit off topic there. Um, So it, it
0: quickly kind of turns into a road movie. Would you say? road trip yeah because they do let's just pack up the bus and chase after them like really be really inconspicuous
1: now (laughs) we're just in this Like, (laughs) i was saving this till later but let's talk about the bus let's talk about the unisol lorry slash mobile home slash lab on wheels that yeah always catches up with them <laughs> so like no matter how far they get away it's like oh what's this no it's the lorry still catching up even without lorry would the tracker work. it was like well we need to keep them, we need to keep them cool and yeah. we need to keep them in the chase all right we'll just make it a lorry it's fine it's really fast yeah
0: yeah it's, it's really really quick
1: who's driving the lorry doesn't matter um i like all robots shut up
0: uh i like all the character acting uh, like there's a lot of familiar faces that we've got our um the doctor what's he called he's um he's the, the head doctor he's appeared in a few things he's, oh he's, jerry he's, he's normally a bad guy
1: um you mean
0: um baby's dad Oh no no! I wasn't talking about Baby Dad. He he was going to come up later. No, oh, and there's, okay. there's also another there's another connection with another podcast episode in that in that scene that you probably missed. Um, but no, there's no the, the the evil doctor. What's he called? Is his acting name something like Leon Rip, Rippy or something or Dippy or I don't know. But he's always he's he's always the like, guy the yeah, he's always like on the. I think he's on the parole board in a few films. He's always a nasty, nasty piece okay. of work. But in this, he's kind of the moral compass of the bad guys. Um, you've got Ensign Rookie, or Garth, <laughs> who does that brilliant finger to the other- um, Oh, is that the black guy, the black assistant? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, Ensign Rookie, I, as I'm calling I can't, it.
1: I, I can't think have seen of him that. in other stuff. I can't think of what I've seen him in, though. I don't think he had much of a career. But he is good in this he, for, for the limited oh, and, screen time he has.
0: Well, no, just, I mean, compared, to, and then you've obviously got the guy who is in um, the other Universal Soldier who is the one who lasts the longest, who's in, who's the proper gladiator. He's in Gladiator, you know. Um, yes, Ralph Moeller,
1: I think he is. Yeah, he's a, he's a German guy, but he's, yeah, he's a bit of a, a unit, isn't he?
0: What's he been in as well? It's not just Gladiator, I'm sure he's, oh, and, oh, I know who I saw. Otis, Otis from uh, Boys in the Hood. He's the big black uh, Universal Soldier. Oh,
1: you mean uh, Tiny Lister? you the guy 's from... The president from Fifth Element?
0: Yes. Is, it, is that... And he's Otis and he's also in... Oh, no, huge. it's... Um, he's yeah. a huge black guy. Huge. There. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, yeah. T- it's yeah. Tiny I mean, Lister, I think. Their pecs are incredible. <laughs> it's just like when they're all lined up and they're just like, wow. They're just get me the guys who are the most ripped that you know that look like kind of Arnold schwarzenegger dig in, in the first terminator film it's impressive that's another link to there's so many callbacks to terminator throughout they they just don't care they're like no no we want people to see that
1: well i think that's it i think when uh, when it first came out all the critical reviews were saying it's either a rip-off of terminator or obviously the other parallel is robocop because you know back from the yeah. dead reanimated you know flashback Mm -hmm. memories memories. sorry i'm tossing my head around (laughs) there's there's no beating around the vietnam bush (laughs) it is very derivative it's it's fun and the thing i forgot about and the thing that i think makes it probably stand up a bit more more so than other like lesser jcvd or dolph lundgren films is there's some good comedy in this there's some good comedy to offset the Preposterousness of the whole setup. So you've got, you know, I say all that bit of the motel with the the sleazy motel owner and his mum. That brilliant. Um, and now we, we 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 quickly get into gratuitous greasy slicked up JCVD nudity.
0: Um, now, can I just say I'd like to say that what who, who who wrote that in the script? Sorry, JCVD's made a few edits. He's got an idea for a scene. Uh, <laughs> guys, I've um, I know I'm not allowed to do
1: the splits but I've got one request. So, what is it, Jean-Claude?
0: So he's totally billy bollocks. He's, too, <laughs> he's, he's totally billy bollocks, sweating his ass off. And she's carrying out all this ice.
1: Can, can you make it a plug device that I have to get naked frequently? <laughs> sure, lot. sure, why not? Something about cooling down. Um, so ripped. Uh, i say there's some good comedy there there's some good sort of fish out of water comedy that he just clearly doesn't know what's going on and her, her just being bewildered at it all I, I think i remember like quoting it at school there's a great line when he's he's in the diner and he's ordering plate after plate of food and he just goes your food is good and the guy's like fucking it is <laughs>
0: <laughs> for <Canadian. laughs>
1: I, I did forget like how much you know, saying you know that little bit of banter between the the, the doctors, the lab technicians. So there is you know some good little bits of humour creeping through, and as well as Dolph's crazy, deranged performance as well.
0: I think he kind of steals the show, Dolph because for the entirety of the film, uh, JCVD is rabbit in the headlights, and it kind of gets a bit, come on, come on, you know. Um, I know you can't remember anything, but you can, there's a lot of things you know what to do, and there's a lot of things you've never seen before.
1: There's some bits that I thought were plot holes, like how does he know that he has a tracker in his le- somewhere in his body?
0: No, he works out. He works out that they're tracking them because there's no way, there's no other way. He's a smart guy. Because yeah. it's not that hard. Um, it is, it is, there's got to be a podcast feature in here where somehow, throughout all of these films, like how... I mean, it's a separate podcast in itself. Like, what is the backstory for why JCVD, in the film set in America, has a French accent? There's like so many characters.
1: And in well, this, I you mean, know, his mum's there. there. I suppose it's the same with Arnie as well. They, they, and I think they, they kind of always have to like, okay, well, let's just say one of his parents is... He's French. He's he's from he's from New Orleans. Or so he's from he's from the French part of Canada.
0: No, but this is the thing. I think with with the, yes, they did it with Arnie, and they made Arnie Russian. They made Arnie German. They've made and they've, they've done that. And he's been, I think he's been Belgian. He's been French. He's been Canadian. He's been yeah from from New Orleans and stuff like that. But. It's just his accent is so much stronger than Arnie's. I mean, Arnie does have a strong accent, but it's like Arnie could be from a number of different countries with his accent. It's like JCVD is like, who's the Frenchie? (laughs) Who's the Frenchie? I think you're right. I don't think
1: Arnie ever played an outright American soldier. Whereas JCVD is playing it in this. He's obviously playing... The American character in Street
0: Fighter, the only... That's what I mean. There's so much explanation required. It's like, well, he's French, but, you know, it's an American film, it's an American military. It's like, who can we get for this American military role? What about JCVD? It's French. I don't know, but he kicks ass. Okay, yes. we'll get it. So he's from the French part of town. We got Frenchies here. Let's make it work. And they did it a lot. There's, As I say, there's a lot to be said. But, um, yeah, the the scene that you touched on is is great, because, yeah, she's, she's yes, connected to the
1: one of the the weaknesses in this film, and it kind of doesn't work with the plot or they don't rely on it too much, there's not enough uh, martial arts in it because it is more of an action, military action sci-fi film than a martial arts film.
0: Also, based on what we were talking about earlier, the fact that they are both talented martial artists with years of choreographed fighting behind them they could have had a I think the fight at the end is good but it doesn't make up for it you know I think he's impressive at the end and it's there's some good tension and stuff um but there's not throughout and there there are there are opportunities throughout where the diner is just just one time that it happens but I just I think they could have used it a lot better there's a lot more as we keep saying, too much gunishment, you know, not yeah. enough splits, not enough splits, not enough... There's no splits. There's, there's, there's no splits. There's, there? there's no splits and there's only... And I think what was, was swapped out, and we'll touch on it when we get to the end, is this well, okay? Well, if there's no splits, then I've got to I've got to do one roundhouse, and you've got to repeat it three times.
1: <laughs> well, that's Whoa, whoa, not whoa, this
0: isn't a wall. This isn't a wall. Calm down,
1: <laughs> guys. We've still got twenty seconds of this film to fill like right, just
0: just just keep repeating it. Just keep repeating it. <laughs> Different angles, yeah. Yeah, so um, we're getting the, that he has a mission, that he has to find out his family, you know. What family have, has been created, I mean, am I from, has been created for the plot, but what my, are we going to get f- that Family. And we see I, him remembering, which is I'm... JCVD struggling at doing two things at once, which is can you look like you're remembering and that you're clueless and that you're acting both of those? <laughs> oh, it's, it's the total
1: um, it's the, the Joey Tribbiani smelling the fart acting. It's the yeah. I'm trying to remember
0: yeah slash act. Uh, and that and the reason I make a joke about JCVD like that is that that's how I felt at the end of this I feel like we missed his charisma. He does have a certain charisma and there is only one grin in this when he's satisfied eating his food but that quirky uh you know wisecracky sexy, sexy, dancing, sexy, sexy, sexy dancing sexy sexy yeah no, I mean sexy we, we need more, <laughs> I think that's what this film misses.
1: <laughs> if If you and I were directing this film, Charlie, we'd just be <laughs> off to the side of the camera going, more sexy, make it more sexy.
0: <laughs> 60 more dancing We need another dance scene well, We need whilst, another fight in a bar
1: <laughs> Whilst the, the the writer's just got his head in his hands
0: No, what are you ruining my go, movie? No, what are you doing to my film? Okay, so we've seen his butt We haven't seen any splits When where are we going to get to the dance scene? There is what? no dance scene Then write one, goddammit <laughs>
1: Why are you guys clapping him? Dance, dance, dance
0: <laughs> Um... Yeah, and I think yeah, So it. not enough kiki, not enough kiki kiki, not enough kiki, sexy kiki, sexy, not enough dancing, not enough <laughs> dancing, not, not, dance, of, no, not, not, not dance, enough dancing dancing. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I think
1: that <laughs> I think that um, that sums it up. Um, uh, that's the end of retro raffle. I'm calling steps. his agent. I'm calling his agent now. <laughs> no, we, as we said at the start, we love JCVD. We have a lot of time. We've spent a lot of time watching his movies. Too much. But yes, the man has has limitations on his acting. He's a very talented martial artist. He has, and as we chatted about in. In Bloodsport, he is better suited to that, that you know, lighthearted, jokey persona. And that's why it, we've said this before, we'd rather watch a Van Damme film over a Seagal film because you have a little bit more, it's a bit more enjoyable because he's having
0: fun. Yeah, and he knows, he's aware of his range, he knows what his strengths are and he plays them. And I think in this film, we're, we're robbed of some certain qualities that I'd like. So, so where, where are we? We are, we, they are nearing the end of their journey. We're still on the road. We're still being chased by the lorry. <laughs> we're out of gas the, the um, lorry's getting closer the, the lorry's been blown up but it's still perfectly drivable
1: and it's still catching them up <laughs> still getting no so everything else was being set on fire there's yeah the big bit with the um i kind of forgot about the whole thing when they get arrested and then there's the chase i forgot about that bit the the uh, jail van jail bus whatever yeah. versus truck over the grand canyon um some lovely miniatures work there of of the explosions yeah and again, I'm picking, picking plot holes because, because I can, you know, it's, it's, it's our podcast, but how does Dolph Lundgren know where he's going and how does he get there? two
0: very very good questions but he's always known the
1: internet on his phone yeah no
0: it's it's a big (laughs) big kind uh, of pothole. i've befriended luke Luke devereux's
1: parents on facebook oh that's where they live.
0: yeah no i think i think he's just magic yeah don't don't worry about that it's one of those don't worry about that don't worry about that but yeah we get to meet mar and pa who has still lived in the same house which is well it's a farm it makes that just a little bit more believable. Uh, they haven't got any other kids. Uh, they didn't have any other kids. It's a very weird scene. It's not like... Um... What more do you need? You,
1: you, you're introduced to his mother, who is French. That's all you need yeah. to know. Case closed. There's Case the accent closed. thing explained. Who I recognised her from, and I had to ID, IMDB her, but <sighs> she crops up in uh, Predator 2 as the, the doctor, scientist.
0: This isn't a medal I've seen on Earth before. I've, on uh, sorry, I've got, I've got... Charlie trivia. Okay. So, when they go to meet baby's dad from what was it was it NYPD or one of those cop shows he was in. It doesn't matter he was in dirty dancing. That's all anybody yeah. cares about. Baby's okay. father. He's yeah. Baby's father. No um he's the guy who put her in the corner even though technically it wasn't in the, in the corner. For yeah. more on that, check out our uh, episode 50. Yeah, so when we get to meet him, his maid is the clean is the cleaner maid whatever from Goonies. The, what the, the one that holds she's got all the pills yes yes ah, it's her Rose, and i Rosa. was like rosalita or whatever rosalita, and yeah. i was just i was just like it's her it's her and i was like no you're that's a racial stereotype she's a she's a latino woman and you're just jumping to conclusions but i imdb'd the the shit out of it and guess what it's her yep so um, charlie I'm, trivia I'm just... strikes again
1: I'm just glad that she found future employment after the Goonies, you know, obviously when they <laughs> discovered all those jewels, they didn't have the need for anymore. more. So that, that's some good Charlie trivia. So we
0: need to get- blown to your mind. I've blown your mind. You, you, don't know, you don't know what to say now. I, I,
1: <laughs> trying to remember George's. my next point. So we we quickly fight get to the, the rain soaked fight scene. So yes, it doesn't matter how Dolph has tracked them down; he's tracked them down, and he wants wants revenge. And this is yeah, I say it's when Dolph. I mean, he, we we've 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 skipped past the scene where Dolph's being very threatening in a supermarket, trying stand to standoff. But yes, it's it's the 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 moment we've been waiting for that that mano imano mano, and it's it's a pretty good fight scene, you know. I, it I, is. So.
0: I think I think it's a good fight. I, I don't know how those two would perform in a in a fight for real. They've also got to get over the whole high distance, and then they throw in the MacGuffin of the serum. The serum, precious serum. You give me the serum. <laughs> no, don't give him. He's got the gun. Um, yeah. So there's a there's a bit of toing and froing over that. Um, I mean, let's just say it's it's. they could have gone down the home alone route where it's like luke's like it's okay i remember everything now this is my house there's a gun over here and he does oh there's a here's the gun there's a fork there's you know um that's a horse yeah yeah, this (laughs) there's there's some good there is some good fighty fighty stuff from jcvd but the one thing
1: i noticed in the fight scene i don't know why i didn't notice it sooner but maybe it was when jcvd's doing his Lovely roundhouses, but he's wearing some
0: very high-waisty Swayze trousers. I saw that because they they t- they derobe the the poor gas station owner who's called Joe, and he yeah. conven- rather conveniently, you could say, loves high waist. a Nice, <laughs> no, no, he gets, he gets himself a nice sort of cut off de- cut off uh, shirt show, the top. Show off the must- show, off show off the guns. Show off the guns, and so that—that's a nice convenient wardrobe change. And then it's the only when he gets up from the dining like oh, and I've spotted again at the end. It's like those trousers—you get a nosebleed putting those trousers on, man. I those mean, are I mean- seriously high.
1: I think I've, I've just got pictures of, of Patrick Swayze watching this movie, just nodding, going, yes. Just going, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. You got, yes.
0: Well, they got one, they, you know what they got right in this movie? They got one thing right in this movie. Um. <laughs> Vietnam, that's coming back from the dead. That's bullshit. Those trousers are amazing. <laughs> it's one thing they got right. Swayze I like out the, Swayze out and I'm out I'm out I'm <laughs> going back Roadhouse 2's in production yeah so I like the I do, I do think it's a good fight scene shot very well uh, in terms of the cinematography and the effects and them trying to once again re-cre- recreate the, the Vietnam bit from the start but JCVD's doing some beautiful kicking and I just love the reaction face of Dolph Lundgren. I, oh. We didn't get them, but he does a very good... He learned everything he needed to, to learn in Rocky, in Rocky IV. But his reaction face to getting hit, because he's considering he's such a big unit, I was pretty impressed. Even from the start, when he when he does that whole 180 pirouette from one punch and he's down, it's like, that guy knows how to take a punch.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, he knows, uh, how
0: to, knows how to throw, throw in the towel.
1: <laughs> and uh, the quote that you and I still use for the, it's empty!
0: It's it. it's always yeah
1: always um yeah no he's he is uh great in this there's one th- one final thing i noticed in the credits um that vic armstrong is i sec- saw
0: that too is, is the second
1: unit director so he is legendary stuntman but he then got gone on to, uh, went on to do uh well he was the the stunt coordinator for uh, a lot of the uh, Bond films, like especially like the Brosnan era and stuff like that. So I'm guessing a lot of, and there's there's some very good considering, you know, obviously Emmerich would go on to being, you know, the master of CGI disasters. There's some great practical explosions in this, like the gas station explosion. So obviously the you know the truck. Has some, as we said, there's some good sort of explosions there. So I think yes, he must be behind those in that.
0: And I thought it's especially that scene we were talking about, which then jumps to models. You know, yeah. The one with the, the prison bus. yeah, And that, the whole where it rolls and flips. So I was like, that's... I, I got sort of wrinklings of Terminator 2 because it's very similar to the end of Terminator 2 where the, the thing rolls and then he gets out and he shoots the driver. Um, yes. It's just yeah. more impressive. It, it looks better because maybe it's, it's james Cameron, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's James Cameron and it's Arnie with a massive machine gun at point-blank range. But um, no, I think the thing about this film is that it's... I don't know, it's, it's, it's right up there, but it's not as good as some of the other block action blockbusters of its, of its ilk. You know, it's, it, it passes the test, but... Mm. Yeah, I, know, I think that's it.
1: I think they both are, are, are better suited elsewhere. I mean, yeah, I say, I think, I think Dolph Lundgren hasn't had the best career, considering he can be really good, and he is really good in this. And yeah, as we said, J.C.V.D. was—he's uh, his career definitely carried on, like peaking. You know, obviously we're talking yeah. about hard targets, time, ten kip, Street Fighter, and then kind of sort of mid nineties. Uh, it kind of dips again he goes back down to sort of you know straight to video rob schneider as your sidekick type stuff um, <laughs> and oh let's make another film where i have a twin for some reason uh, oh and dennis rodman that's you know that last double no need team. i say more yes. double team but um shall we before we, we've been talking about the ending shall we talk about the alternative
0: ending Oh my good God! What were they thinking?
1: George? So yeah, I I uncovered this in my research uh, for the movie, and it's it's on YouTube. Uh, I mean, I I can put it in the in the notes, um, and I'll I'll try and remember this time. But yes, there is an alternate ending to this film, and it's it's quite something. So essentially, after Devereux has <laughs> has, has defeated uh, Andrew Scott and has killed him, and goes over to Uh, what's-a-face, doll face, lady reporter, uh, budget, (laughs) Kathleen Turner. Um, Ali Walker. Walker. Ali Walker, that's the one. Skywalker. Um, (laughs) Then he turns around to see Papa, and Luke's father pulls up a shotgun and shoots uh, Jean-Claude Van Am, shoots Devereaux, and uh, Ali Walker's like, what the hell are you doing? Then the doctor, head doctor, baby's dad from Dirty Dancing, turns up with a private army and is like, Those aren't really your parents. We had to lure you here because to make it safe and to cover up the the operation. And then (laughs) JCVD's repeatedly shot. Then the police turn up because Ali Walker's called them. So the evil doctor gets taken away. And then it finishes on a sort of a narration from Ali Walker saying, oh, he refused medical treatment. But his last few months, he was very happy. And then he died. (laughs) <laughs> the it. end.
0: And I think I- for some reason, test audiences weren't happy with that ending. <laughs> it's one of the worst deleted never mind alternate um, endings it's one of the worst deleted scenes i've ever seen
1: i mean um, i thought terrible. you know the the alternate ending for blade you know with the the jelly the cgi monster.
0: yeah Crap, I, crappy monster thing yeah. yeah
1: i thought that was a pretty bad alternate ending but yeah this is is pretty pretty bad
0: it's almost like it's it's like you know what will be funny we've got all these cops we've got all these like extras let's 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 just get rolling your nuts no no yeah. let's just give it a go you let's know
1: what we blow Oh, people's minds. What is that? Fake it was parents.
0: A fake, fake, parents. Fake, fake parents, and he dies in the end. It was all a setup. The yeah. end. Let's try it. Let's see what Let's happens.
1: So, I think, uh, is there anything else you want to say on
0: the film before we move into our other stuff? In terms of, uh, how do I, well, I think I've already said a few times, yeah, I mean, great, strong opening, strong ending, bit baggy in the middle, uh, derivative, I think is a word you used, I'd I use to describe it. Formulate. Ind- formulate, but I'm sorry, but I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed going back and, and watching it. I'm not sure I'll watch it again anytime soon. There are much better and much more, uh dancey dancey shooty shooty kicky kicky <laughs> sexy, <JC> sexy. <laughs> um films that i would i would prefer to watch of his of his character but um no i think this this is a perfect retro ramble film to go back because it was a movie it was pre internet, pre in pre a lot of things and it shows a lot about where both the world the movie world was and these two actors were at the time um so yeah yeah i mean I, th- I think
1: you know uh yeah it's, it's definitely not the, the there are better films in in both actors careers it's a yeah very sort of middle of the road action movie a very early 90s action movie but yeah as you say there, there is some good stuff in there there's some good action there's some good comedy and yeah have a, like i did the other night have a few drinks and yeah enjoy a, it yeah. enjoy it post pub movie as i would and that's a recommendation
0: absolutely absolutely so uh, I'm, i've just got a text from jeff gilbert says that you've moved and he's right i have moved house but they've tracked me down so i've got to go and let jeff and Celine in okay. and um i think they, they've got a few things that they want to say about what we probably should have done
1: your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they
0: could that they didn't stop to think if they should <laughs> Just to explain, Water is where George George, and I talk about people who were considered for the roles, but didn't get it. Yeah, so Kuna Shooter. so yeah, i say it was always
1: a go-pitcher. It was always going to be starring Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> and so there isn't really any alternative actors involved. However, Dolph Lundgren did actually strongly try to argue the case that he wanted to play the hero, um, mm. because he had obviously was probably best known for being the villain in at that time in Rocky I know he's done I'm trying to work out when uh showdown in little Tokyo was that's the one he does with Brandon Lee I think that might have been after this maybe he was worried that he was going to be typecast as a villain because he'd done it Rocky. N- and he done it in this
0: I need this
1: <laughs> exactly but yeah as we've said I think he does he, you know he's one that he's, he's great in this he's a great bad guy and he's he has that great sort of craziness to him
0: I think he should have had a bigger career looking at this and looking at a lot of his stuff. If you look at him and Arnie and and JCVD and let's just, you know, we keep going back to the the Expendables, uh, the first film. If you look at all the actors and that, yes, he features in that. But out of all of those actors, he should have had a better career than he has had. I don't know why that is. It's probably uh, he's got better things to do or Grace Jones didn't let him. <laughs> or oh, terrible agent. Who knows? Yeah. So, uh,
1: so yes, yeah, that's a very brief coulda, woulda, shoulda. i say it's more of, in terms of coulda, woulda, shoulda, is I suppose, obviously, it could have been a very different film with Andrew Davis, though I don't think Andrew Davis went on to do any other sort of sci-fi type films. Obviously, he did Under Siege, he did The Fugitive and things like that. So, But it does sound like we were talking about the, the Terminator and Robocop comparisons. It sounds like it could have been even more so of a, a Terminator ripoff if it had been in its original script. Yeah, I
0: think they probably saved some face yeah. there.
1: We can talk about suspicious spinoffs. I think we, we, we need to touch on the actual official suspicious spinoffs but I just want to say um, my brief suspicious spinoff is that part of me, even though the timelines don't match up, but I want to think that as the guy who plays baby's father is a doctor in Dirty dancing and a doctor in this, it's the same guy. It's, he just he fell on harder times and started doing testing on soldiers in the, in the seventies. And he just hasn't
0: aged. He's yeah, He's, think, he's I, testing on himself. I think that's what he went on to do. And it's what, Swayze told him to do you know he's like what the world needs make them wear high-waisted trousers (laughs) I think think you've just solved the problem of where did those high trousers come from
1: (laughs) Johnny you're not helping I'm a doctor just make them wear high-waisted trousers Um, no 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 higher
0: higher but that that's that's above my navel
1: just keep going (laughs) (laughs) just keep going so yes um we we do have to talk about the suspicious spin-offs of the sequels to Universal Soldier because it's very confusing so it seems that because I think uh, what happened with Carolco, uh, because they went bankrupt, the rights to Universal Soldier for went reason,
0: everywhere. Went, well, <laughs>
1: we picked up as made-for-TV movies, so not even straight to video. So there was two films made back to back in the mid '90s. Um, and then I think I think one was called Brothers in Arms, Universal Soldier 2 Brothers in Arms, and then this, the third one was Unfinished Business. Now, I, I when I was doing my research, I had to send to Charlie because the third one stars globe. There's, no
0: there's no JCVD. We should point no, that out. There's, there's no, no
1: JCVD. No JCVD. <laughs> no JCVD at all. This is straight to TV. Um, <laughs> however, there's no one of merit apart from in the third one, there is Golden Globe, Nub and Knee, Turd Ferguson. I mean, Burt Reynolds, <laughs> <laughs> and he's wearing a very bad wig even on the on the film poster so yes the, the trailer I wonder how much money he got for that oh god it, it looks awful so yes there, there that was the first iteration however then in 1999 i'm going to say um it was picked up again by van dam um for universal soldier the return which obviously ignored those straight TV unofficial sequels. So, Charlie and I actually went and saw that at the cinema. I vaguely I remember. Um, the fight at the
0: end is good. The fight at the end is good. I remember. Yeah, that. and But you have to uh, really wait for it.
1: You really, I mean, like, oh my God. I don't think I've seen it since, but I've, I remember no. it was very much a late 90s film that had Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it's got uh, the very underrated martial artist, uh, B movie actor Michael J. White as the villain in it
0: yeah.
1: but then that was a flop mm-hmm. then uh, so fast forward to 2009 i think 10. For, to, 2010 for Is this uni-
0: regeneration
1: for universal regeneration which i uh watched last year because a lot of people said it's it's very good it's arguably the best universal soldier film and in uh, regeneration it's yeah it's a new unit of universal soldiers that go rogue in chernobyl of all places and then they send in the only man they can, which is a very much PTSD JCVD. Um, <laughs> and for some That's reason... A
0: scrab- high, high scoring Scrabble you've
1: got there. There you go. And for some reason, the bad guys just happen to, like when shit's going south at the end and JCVD's kicking ass, it's like... Um, what, what should we do? Unlock, uh, unlock the clone. And for some reason, there's a clone of Dolph Lover. Oh my! Um, oh really? But it's it's actually it is really enjoyable. And then there's a sequel after that, which is Day of Reckoning, which. Is apparently more of a horror film where both JCVD and Dolph Lundgren have gone rogue, and there's a new new hero which is straight to streaming, new martial arts hero Scott Adkins, um, kicking ass in that. Um, And that's got I think that's got fairly decent reviews for a sort of a straight to streaming type action movie. But yeah, I would I would recommend regeneration it's it's a bit pulpy it, it is a bit you know no frills but it's it's good fun seeing JCVD and Dolph Lundgren back in it and kicking ass it's got some good action in it so um it's Anna, still Anna.
0: impressive it's impressive how many of the spin-offs
1: that they both came back for. Well, exactly. Bills to pay. <laughs> bills to pay. So yes, so that that there are some very suspicious spin-offs there. And I wouldn't be surprised if there is some sort of Hollywood talk of, hey, you know what we should reboot? <laughs>
0: well yeah younger
1: fresher maybe gender flipped cast
0: (laughs) george once once hollywood listens to this podcast it's only a matter of time universal Um, women so yeah
1: um shall we uh jump to well you know you've heard our thoughts Shall we jump to what our listeners thought
0: Yeah, because as I mentioned earlier, when you say the name of this film, Universal Soldier, once you've had like 10 minutes of it, oh, was it this one? No, no, not that one. No, the original. No, 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 not that original. Once you've had 10 minutes of that, we all kind of have the same backstory. And I think it would only be fair uh, to give a shout out to some of those guys. So uh, I don't know how you want to do this, George. Do you want to go through them one one by one? So you take the first one? Yeah, yeah. I think... um, I think this disagrees with a lot of what we, uh, well, what I was saying. So I think it's quite fitting that we read it out. But our, our good man, Nathan Long, saying how it, it does start off strong the whole Vietnam thing, the hostage rescue, but it, it really goes downhill. But uh, he agrees with me as well that, that Lundgren is probably the best thing in the movie. And it is still very much a retro guilty pleasure. So thank you, Nathan
1: similar stuff from uh, Macaulay Gallica um, we, we had a bit of a chat because yes he was the one that said uh, yeah Lund- Lundgren really shines in this one he's legitimately terrifying in parts and yeah we had a bit of a chat because he was talking about uh, Universal Soldier Regeneration is my favourite of the franchise the action in that one is off the chain have To
0: see that because I haven't seen that one,
1: yeah. yeah I think, think uh, well, you ch- check it out. I, I watched it, I think it was on Amazon, uh, but yeah, it might be somewhere on streaming.
0: See that the podcast works. I've, we've already convinced one person, um, so I don't know. Are we gonna give a does he have another mention? Well, we should give a shout out, Antonio. Uh, our, our friend, uh, Antonio Garcia Monte says, probably the best Hollywood film by John Glover It's definitely the, the glossiest, in my opinion, so I agree with him there. Um, and obviously, he, he remembers Roland Emmerich from from the Independence Day. We're still waiting for more sequels. <laughs> L- Lee Hallam uh,
1: brilliantly puts. He just says a terrible, awful guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, guilty as charged. And uh, our good man, um, Dennis C. Pang, is, I don't have uh, sons that are that old, but he's watched this recently with his uh, with his boys. And he's in the lucky position of the day that George and I look forward to of in- introducing them to the wonderful world and joys of Van Damme. They love blood, blood sport, but then again, who doesn't? He, he, he agrees, he doesn't think it's dated brilliantly. Uh, definitely one of the, the glossiest, that's where I took that line from, thank you, Dennis. One of the glossiest of uh, Van Damme's career loves obviously Lundgren a bit OTT and then yeah I, I definitely felt that this time I was like ooh gore that's the yeah. Mario Casa there's, there's quite a bit of gore and once again Dennis reminding us to check out Cyborg which is a what is a name I think if you look back at his back catalog there's AWOL this side Cy- he made a lot of films a lot of films you don't hear about and the ones that you hear less so than the the well-known ones but Cyborg is is another strong one of his
1: yeah, I think Cyborg is another canon films cheapy. I think it was like using reusing costumes or sets from the abandoned Masters Masters of the Universe. Masters movie. of the
0: Universe. The, the production set that just keeps on giving.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and we have uh David Vasey or Vasi says uh he's he's one of the people that says he you know he's he's very honest, he said he had it on hooky video that he got off, off a mate from Cyprus when he was twelve. Uh, I've
0: I've read that so much about this film so many people watched this on pirate video but it was yeah. I I I think somebody (laughs) said that
1: on our our Instagram page that they it was one of the first movies they pirated so yeah it's definitely of that era
0: yeah, finally we've got Phil Chin saying the best van damage in this flick is the um, summoning all of his might for that wicked, wicked jumping uh, roundhouse at the end. That was what I was talking about, and he mentions it here. Both men have some s- amazing facial expressions. The reaction from, from Dolph Lundgren, and this is what we were talking about before, Phil, when we were talking about the, the shot from three different angles, which if, if you like that sort of thing, check out AWOL, because every single roundhouse is, is repeated about three AWOL's or four
1: times. actually only a- an hour long but with all the replays what? it's an hour and a
0: half <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry and that is uh heart to our american listeners because it was titled very differently um, yes it kind of makes more sense than awol really um so yeah guys thanks for getting in touch thanks for um and it's just it's great to be able to actually have this this conversation and and to to connect with so many lovers of jcvd because we know you're out there um so yeah, George, anything else you want to say? No, um I I would just say, you know,
1: yeah, obviously yeah, I, I enjoyed going back to this. It was it was a bit of fun. Um a bit of a, a definitely a bit of a guilty pleasure. I mean, obviously we've done some more sort of, you know, 80s and early 90s family-friendly classics recently with like Bill and Ted and Karate Kid. So yeah, it was it was uh, it was good to have a bit of a silly blokey action through. A bit of a, you know, escapist stuff. So yeah, I I thought it was a bit of fun.
0: Yeah, I think there 's a lot of films that we cover that everyone has seen, but then there's, there's every now and again there 's a film that was a bloodbuster at the time that nobody wanted to see that George and I did, and we thought it was either hilarious or worth, worthy of comment and this is This is very much falling into our um, our wheelhouse as it were, so yeah, that was Universal Soldier. Um, Can we talk a little about what we've got coming up, George? Have we got anything coming up? Uh, Yes,
1: so we are getting closer to to Christmas and uh, there is a long belated sequel that is, is coming out so coming to number two america or coming to america 2 is is coming out and um it is going straight to streaming because none of the cinemas are open so i think amazon have picked it up so that is coming out so to shamelessly uh, coincide with that we are going to be going back and doing coming to america which uh we're both looking forward to and it is one a bit of, our, of a Christmas, it, it's, it's, a, it's set at Christmas,
0: it's got snow and stuff. So yeah, it's our it's Christmas, got, movie. Christmas It's got Christmas scenes in it. And I It's, I, it's I think Christmas, it, Theo, tell me. Um, I, if we'd done our proper homework, it might've even come out at Christmas originally. But one of our favorite Eddie Murphy films that we have watched to death throughout and gone back to many times. So a very special a special film for us
1: so that's that's next up and then in terms of next year i don't think we're going to be doing a review of 2020 because nobody wants to do a review of 2020 we don't need to look
0: back we've been stuck in it for a while Um, but but we
1: might do some uh, something else Uh, it depends if if charlie and i obviously we would like to get together in person as we keep threatening you guys um but yes if the logistics can make it and we can get together we might do some other stuff together
0: Yeah, we'll try and do a Christmas either whether it's a Christmassy film or just a film that we think you all need to go back and revisit just to feel better about yourself and your life. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so check us out on all of the channels. Uh, we've got a shiny new uh, website that we're very proud of. We just need to fill it full of content. We're very happy with everybody. It actually does welcome subscribers. And in the new year, when we are have been able to get together, we will be starting to package together some uh, exclusive content for those members um, and some other cool, funky stuff. So, yeah, I think... I, I enjoyed going back. I enjoy, as always, uh, reminiscing these films with my brother. It's, it's always good fun. And you get to see just how immature we are, were, sorry, and still are to a certain extent. And if you haven't watched um, Universal Soldier in a while, I hope this motivates you to go back and check out one of them. I mean, one of them. Christ's sakes, how many are there? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm definitely going to go back and check out the one with the clone, um, so yeah uh, and once... you don't want to go back and check out Burt Reynolds. <laughs> uh, no. no. He's no. No, no 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 that 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 one didn't have the when when he's in the background and he's the most recognizable character in the film it's a big no no for me. But uh yeah I think just just what we just covered there this when we've been recording this episode, I can already hear there's been a lot of audio uh, issues. So please thank you for staying with us to the end. We'll try and cut as many of those out and we will be back to high quality recording as soon as is possible. So uh, anything else, George? You no, know, I was just
1: going to say, uh, you know, a thank, a shout out to our listeners. You know, thank you for for all the comments, likes and, and follows. Um, you know, the usual plug of, you know, if you haven't, please leave us a, a review on iTunes. It, it really helps us be more visible to more people. You know, recommend us to to your friends, to like-minded souls, to pen pals, colleagues, that sort of thing. Um, anybody
0: anybody who you see doing a sexy JCVD dance, you're like, that's this guy. Just, just, just go up to them and say, look, you need to listen to this podcast. It'll be fine. Exactly.
1: Um, but yes, uh, thank you for listening. And we'll catch up with you next month.
0: Brilliant. Okay, well, for this episode, I've been Charlie McGee. I've been George McGee. And we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Bye bye.